Thank you for your presence, oh God. Thank you that you speak to us. Thank you that you move in our lives. Thank you that you're present. You don't live in this building. You live in these people. What a privilege we have. Temples of the Lord gathering together this day. Now, Father, I pray that you'd open our hearts to your word. Open our ears to your word. Give us courage to be doers of your word as well as hearers, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you. Thank you, guys. Well, it's so good to see you this morning, and it's a great privilege to welcome a guest speaker today. But he's more than a guest. He's a friend, but he's also more than a friend. And that is that um, in Elim, we're part of the Elim churches. We're about 600 churches across the country. And each part of the country is broken down into regions. And we have our regional leader, if you like, our bishop with us today, who's going to come and bring God's <laughs> word. And we're really excited, Steve and Helen, that you're with us today. Steve has been uh, the area leader for um, the past couple of years now, and he was due to come last year, but couldn't because of COVID. So this is actually his first official visit with us as, um, as our regional leader, and we're so grateful to you, Stephen Helen. And I know that you've led churches for years. They led one of the largest churches in Wales for, for many years. And, um, and I know that when you travel around, you miss local church. And I want to thank you for giving yourself to come and serve so many churches, about 100 churches in Wales and the southern area that, and southwest Midlands as well that he will cover. But I wonder if we could give a massive rediscover <laughs> welcome to Steve as he comes to bring God's word this morning. Come on, let it be really enthusiastic. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Mark. I don't think I deserved even a little bit of that, but it was nice anyway. Uh, and uh, just to say, I, my wife and I, Helen, is uh, traveling with me today. We love uh, this part of the world, and we love this church. Uh, we've holidayed uh, many times in not too far from here, and uh, we often used to come in and uh, during the summertime and sneak into the balcony up there somewhere and uh, just enjoy the service. Also, more latterly, we've uh, enjoyed being online with you uh, last year and just being so encouraged, you know, honestly. And I, I'm not the only one. I remember there was a friend of mine who said, "I'm I, every week I'm just listening to uh, what it's going on in Exeter because it's doing me good inside. So I want to say thank you. You know, you are making a difference. You are bringing great encouragement. And God is working through this church. He is? Yeah, yeah well, three of us agree. Uh, anyway, he really is. And I also want to say you may not know this, you may not. Uh, but just to say a big thank you to your pastoral team. Uh, because through last year, not only were they trying to grapple with the challenges of doing church online and whatever that means, how do you guide a, a church and lead a flock, as it were, through that, uh, but they were also giving incredible amounts of time to help our other Elim churches to get online as well. And for some, that was a little bit of a challenge, uh, but, but they made it. And, but I don't think they would have done without the encouragement 
uh, of your guys here. So you may not know that, but I just want to honor them, say thank you uh, to Mark and Jason and Sean and Nige and the rest of the team. And I know that's a big team. There's loads of other amazing people behind the scenes. So just want to say thank you on behalf of Elim. We really appreciate you uh, for all of those efforts as well. We owe you a big time don't know if we're going to be able to pay it back, but anyway, there we go. Chalk it up on the slate. But yeah, should we encourage them and just say thank you? You are blessed. This morning, I want to start my message uh, by with a song. Now, I'm not going to sing it. Uh, you'll be pleased to know. I'm not going to go to the keyboard and start playing uh, and singing. Um, but I'm going to, it's on a video, so we're going to listen to it. Now, this is a bit of a step of faith because sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. It may work in the building. It may not work online. So if we get away with it, that's great. If not, we'll cut it and we'll just move on in the service. But it blessed me when I heard it the other day, and it relates to what I want to speak about this morning. So it's called Talking to Jesus. It's by Elevation Music, Maverick City, and features uh, a guy called Brandon Lake. So... If we can, could we watch a little bit of this? Let it speak to you. Grandma used to pray out loud By your bed every night To me it sounded like mumbling she was out of her mind She said, boy, this kind of praying Is what saved my life You ought to try it sometime And now I know she was right She was talking to Jesus She was talking to Jesus And she'd been talking to Jesus for all of her life Mama used to drag me to church Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights Khaki pants and a polo shirt Boy, I put up a fight She said, son, one day you'll thank me For having God in your life and yeah, I know she was right Yeah, my mama was right Cause now I'm talking to Jesus She got me talking to Jesus She got me talking to Jesus Yeah, my mama was right Cause now I'm talking to Jesus Yeah, I love talking to Jesus and I'll be talking to Jesus for the rest of my life. Amen. That was just a little bit of it. If you want to uh, see the whole thing, then by all means, check it out on YouTube. But I hope you got the message that it's about talking to Jesus. And that's what we're going to talk. We're going to talk about talking to Jesus. And then later on, we're going to talk to Jesus after we've talked about talking to Jesus. So it's really simple. You know, that's prayer. I think so often we've been guilty in the church, and I mean that sort of corporately, of, of confusing prayer, 
of making it really complicated, of making it sound a bit dry and a bit dreary, sort of thing you might do in a drafty church building where you have to kneel, you have to get in a particular posture. But I, I, I believe that, that, that we need to rediscover and rediscover that prayer is it's just about talking to Jesus. And I know that most of you know that already. Uh, but there's power when we talk to Jesus. That you and I, we're, we're just ordinary folk, aren't we? And if you really knew us, we might, I might have a title, but I'm just a really ordinary guy. And with all of the challenges that you face, and sometimes I, I'm, I do okay, but other times I mess up big time. Uh, but I've learned that there's something wonderful about talking to Jesus. In the church, as Mark said, I used to lead a church in Cardiff, the Elim Church called City Church in Cardiff. We had a lady called Maisie in the congregation. Maisie was a beautiful uh, older lady. She was probably in her 80s when I got to know her, and she was a saint. You know, she really was. She was, she was clearly being with Jesus. There was evidence that this lady were, had been with Jesus. You kind of know the people. There was a, a depth to her, a quality about her, and she lived in a village just outside Cardiff, and uh, she lived alone. Uh, her husband had passed away many years before, and her family lived abroad in Holland, and therefore she spent a lot of time on her own. She wasn't really that mobile. She couldn't really get out unless somebody came and collected her and took her to church. And that was pretty much, you know, apart from that in the shop, she didn't really do much else. But I used to love visiting Maisie. And uh, I used to sit, not only because she made a great cup of tea, but, but it was just felt amazing. And one day she says to me, we're having a cup of tea in her lounge. And I just sat there chatting. And she says, Steve, uh, some of my friends in church think I'm a bit crazy. And I said, oh, Maisie, I'm sure that's not the case. Nobody would think that of you. And she said, well, yeah, they do. I've been, we've been talking. And I just said to them the other day that, that when I pray, I imagine that I'm sat in my armchair. Well, I'm sat in my armchair. And I imagine that Jesus is sitting across the lounge from me. And I just talk to him. And, and she looked at my chair and suddenly I realized I was sitting in Jesus's chair and I didn't, Maisie, am I okay here? Can I move? Should I move? Am I offending you? And, and yet we joked about it. But, but I learned a lesson that day. If I needed to be reminded that prayer is as simple as that. It's about talking to Jesus. It's about, I find it helpful to imagine. So now when I'm doing a lot of miles on the road and I'm traveling and I'm, nobody else is in the car, I find my myself imagining that I'm talking to Jesus, and I really am, but I imagine that he's sat there in the passenger seat of my car, and I just talk to him, and I find it the most incredible help. And when I go for a walk, I like to pray and walk at the same time, if that makes sense. But I like to be outdoors is what I'm really saying when I pray. Um, I, I, you know, rather than do it inside. But if the weather's okay, I like to walk. And, and I often imagine, and maybe you do too, that, that Jesus is there alongside me. And sometimes I feel a bit weird because I do speak out loud. And, you know, that's a bit strange. But I don't mind because actually I'm talking to Jesus. And the other day I bumped in literally on Friday. I was out, I might have been Thursday, and I was out walking and my neighbor, and I was talking to Jesus. And my neighbor came the other day away with his dog. And he goes, Oh, it's like in the middle of the morning. You got a day off today. I go, Well, and actually, technically, this is 
like work. I'm praying about what I'm going to be saying in Exeter, and I'm just seeking God about it. And so I just said, well, you know, sort of, but, but I've just been praying. And it was an interesting conversation. He didn't really know what to say. But, 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 but from that point on, do you know, I'm just, it's just easy to talk to Jesus. That you and I, we have an opportunity to talk to Jesus at any time. His door is open 24-7 whenever we need it. We don't need an appointment. We can just come and spend time with Jesus. And I know you know that, but I just feel this morning God's just helping, reminding me to remind you that, that that's exactly what it's about, that he loves his relationship with you. He died for you. He invited you, as Mark's already told us this morning, into a relationship. You haven't come into a religion. You've come into a relationship. And relationships grow when we, we talk, don't they? That, you know, any marriage counsellor, and I'm not one, will often but will recognise that a key, one of the keys to a successful marriage is communication. When communication begins to kind of dissipate and disappear, then you've probably got some problems down the track. And it's no different in our relationship with God. He loves it when you chat to him. So you might be a student here this morning. I just want to say, hey, hey, God loves it when you talk to him. I used to talk to him about exams and say, God, I really need your help. I have tried to work quite hard, so I'm not asking you to put in knowledge that I've never read, although I guess you can do that. Uh, but, 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 but Lord, would you just help me? Would you help me with this essay? You know, with the business person here today, I believe that God really wants to get involved with your business. You know, don't just keep God for Sundays or for Wednesday nights or whatever other night you might uh, show up at some sort of church activity. Invite him in to all of it. He wants to walk with you and it's just about talking to Jesus and the beautiful thing about the Bible is it not only does it say hey look talk to Jesus but it actually shows us how and you wondered when I was going to get to the Bible so here we go Luke chapter 11 verse 1 through 13 let's just read it really uh, wonderful passage um, and it says this one day Jesus was praying so Jesus did it so if he needed to do it, I guess as his followers, it's got to be up there on the scale of our, our priorities. And it says this, when he finished praying, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. I, I like to think that this disciple kind of interrupted Jesus and was kind of there. Maybe there was an appointment. Jesus, you got it's, it's almost nine and we've got to be like down the road at nine and don't like to interrupt you. But he's waiting. But as he's waiting, and this is just my imagination, he sees Jesus communicating with the Father. Imagine that. Who wouldn't have minded being an eavesdropper on that one? How did Jesus pray? I can imagine. And maybe the, imagine like, whoa, the power on that to go and invade Jesus' prayer time and to hear him. Just imagine like there's power in the room. There is power. You know, you've ever been in a prayer meeting. It's like there's power. Well, imagine being there and kind of interrupted Jesus praying to his heavenly father. No wonder he was impacted and perhaps looked at his own prayer life and said, I don't think I pray anywhere near that. Lord, I, can I do that praying rather than this? And then Jesus says, and it's great that somebody wrote it down, because Jesus then begins to tell him, he says, when you pray, 
So not if you pray, but when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. We know that is the Lord's Prayer. And the wording slightly different in Matthew, but it's, it's kind of the same prayer. It's a structure, uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a template for prayer as well as a prayer that we can pray. Then, and this is what I want to focus on this morning, is what comes after. So Jesus is not just like we would just say amen to that and we would move on. But then Jesus goes on to do a bit more teaching. And this is basic entry level. This is a disciple going, teach us to pray, Jesus. And he says, well, okay, that's the start. Lesson two comes in verse five. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend And goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. Because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, verse 8, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend... Yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. That's interesting. Okay, we'll come back to it in a minute. So I say to you, verse 9, you ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Amen. Everyone who seeks finds. And to him or her who knocks the door will be opened. It will be opened. And then he finishes off his lesson on prayer by saying, which of you fathers, if your son asks you for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? So glad that the hotel breakfast when we asked for egg this morning didn't come out with a plate of scorpions. That is good news. So you think, well, that's incredible. Of course, they're not good. Father's not going to do that. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Like, say that with me. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Amen. Lord, we pray that you would magnify yourself through this message today, through this study of your word. Captivate, Lord, what is a magnifying glass to it? It makes something look bigger. So today, we know that you can't get bigger in anything. You are truly awesome and amazing, but you can get bigger in our eyes, that we can comprehend something more of your greatness and your largeness and your awesomeness and we just pray that even as we look at this passage just for a few minutes lord that you would be magnified today that, that we'll fall in love with you and and lord somehow you'll do something spiritual like you'll 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 just kind of qu- flick a switch inside of us and and that those of us who might be struggling to pray would suddenly go whoa i'm back on i'm back on we got connection the wi-fi's up we're connected lord i pray today that that was what will happen and i know this to be a a praying church already, and I thank you for it, Lord. Thank you that it's trying to blaze a trail for you in this part of the world. And I, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. But Lord, I pray today that 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 that, that what I say might cause them to feel encouraged to do that even more. Lord, it would be like um, when Moses was was there praying for the battle, 
uh, Lord, and Aaron and her came alongside him and to lift up his arms. Lord, we, I pray that today somehow you'll, you'll lift up our arms, weary arms of prayer, and you'll encourage us. In Jesus' name, amen. It's a strange story, isn't it? Let's be honest. So let, let's remind ourselves what it was. We've got a guy that has a mystery visitor who comes late at night, like half past 11, and, and he arrives and oh my gosh, we haven't got any bread. There is nothing in the house. I don't know if you've ever had that experience. I had it recently. My uncle arrived. My cousin arrived uh, in Cardiff. They rang like half an hour's notice. Hey, we're coming to see you. I kind of knew they might be, but I've truthful, I've forgotten. I thought they weren't going to come. And then they tell me like 20 minutes, I don't have a car that day. Helen's got the car and I'm going, oh no, I've got nothing. I've literally got nothing in the house that's worth like half a banana or something. But how can you give that? And, and you know, you know what? that's like and you've got nothing and this is the guy it's half past midnight there is no deliveroo there's no shop around the corner that's open 24 7 he's got nothing and in that culture hospitality was everything and it was really really important when a guest arrived expected or unexpected that you would show them the minimal level of hospitality and that at least meant some bread and he didn't have any and therefore what does he do? So imagine it's Sean, and Sean is going, hey, look, we've got these guests. They've come. There's nothing in the house. I know Mark. He's a, it says he goes to a friend. So I'm guessing you guys are friends. I don't know many other people, so forgive me for me. So Sean goes, yeah, I'm going to go to Mark's. I know it's a half 11. In fact, oh, gosh, it's midnight now, and I'm coming around. Please don't do this, okay? This is not permission to do this. Don't hassle him. He's a good man. But anyway, just for the purpose of illustration. So Sean goes, we're desperate. We haven't got anything. We've got this friend. I want to show him some hospitality. He's been traveling. He's starving. And we need to get something. I'm going around to Mark's. And you get there and you ring the doorbell and there's no reply. And so you ring the doorbell again and there's still no reply. But eventually a very bleary-eyed Mark appears. The curtains upstairs separate. Mark looks out and he's going, what? Sean, isn't it? What, what's going on? So he opens the window and Sean's going, Mark, I'm desperate, I'm desperate. We need some bread. This is what this my sort of just reworking the story, but the facts are in the Bible. And, and, and I'm desperate. I'm desperate for some, we'll pick up the story in a minute, but let me just see, tell you something about that, some notes, just in case you miss it. Not that we're trying to overanalyze this story, but let me just make sure that we've seen all that we need to see. Number one, because Jesus is not talking about asking a friend for bread here, there's a spiritual application to do with prayer, okay? So that's the picture. Okay, what are we supposed to learn? Well, number one, really basic, but prayer is about asking. And, and, and we can't expect God to answer something that we haven't asked for. <laughs> okay, it's kind of basic, isn't it? But we've got to ask. There's no point, Sean, staying at home going, oh, I, I, like, mate, I'd really love to offer you some hospitality, but we can, or this is really inconvenient coming at this time. He's not, you know, there's no point us moaning and complaining. What we need to do is we need to ask. And right now there's a massive invitation for us to ask. God never gets weary from ask, ask, asking. So ask and ask and ask and ask and ask. 
and ask and ask. And even if you think, well, I'm I'm allowed to ask that, ask it anyway, because God will certainly say no if it's the wrong thing to ask. But let's not get to heaven and God go, ah, you know what, Steve? You know, in that job, remember you used to do that? You tried your best, didn't you? Bless you. But you tried to do it. But, 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 But there was so much more I wanted to do. But Steve, you never asked. Or you asked for a little bit. But hey, Steve, if you'd asked for more, I would have done more. And you go, God, why didn't you do it anyway? Well, I was waiting to partner with you and I was waiting for you to ask. So I wonder what God wants to do right now in the university in Exeter. And maybe he's just looking for somebody to go, well, I'm just going to ask. It might seem ludicrous, but I, Lord, I'm going to ask that you'll move in power. Lord, I ask that today, well, this year, Lord, this academic year, we might see a massive move of your spirit on campus. Why not? But maybe sometimes we go, well, I can't ask that. I can't. Well, why not ask? Why not ask? God loves to do more you can ask or even think. So let's not out-ask, or let's not be called out in heaven going, you didn't ask. You didn't ask. You didn't ask. We need to ask. You know, if we don't ask, it's a sign that we've got pride in our heart that somehow we can do it on our own, and you can't. So ask. Just ask. Come as a little kid. Kids love it. That's what the Bible says, isn't it? It's like the kingdom of God is for kids. It's for children. I don't know about you, but children ask, don't they? They ask, and they ask, and they ask, and they ask, and they ask. (laughs) But there's something, and I know that can be annoying, but actually, Jesus, this is what Jesus is teaching right now that you need to keep on asking. We'll come on to that in a minute. So ask, be a kid, ask. Number two, three, or whatever. Number two. I'm sorry, I wonder whether they're on the screen. Anyway, um, he wants us to be desperate. I, I think there needs to be an increase of desperation in our hearts. See, this guy was desperate. You have to be desperate to go out at midnight, don't you? He got disturbed, and then he went out. It might have been cold. It's maybe there's some danger involved. I don't know what the streets were like in Jesus. But, but there was, there's a desperation. I need to fix this. I can't just sit at home. i got to do something. And I, I want to say to you that one of the keys to prayer is desperation. It's, it's kind of a hunger in my heart is I won't be silent. Lord, and I, and I sometimes have to say, Lord, would you increase my desperation? Lord, would you keep me, help me to see things the way you do? Because if I saw our society the way that you see it, and if I had your eyes and your heart, then I think I'd be more desperate than I am. Lord, I can be complacent, but I want to be desperate inside. Would you somehow create that hunger for you and thirst for you like it talks about Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. I want to be desperate. Number three, if we're going to pray, it's going to be inconvenient. I know this is quite discouraging, but it gets going after a while, okay? But, but it's inconvenient. There's a cost to it. It's not convenient. It ain't not convenient to knock on somebody's door at half past 11 and ask for bread. It's not convenient. It's not convenient, unless you're a student, because I know you get up and you, you, you're awake. I, I, I've got three children. I'm not having to go. I'm just going, your, your timetable is a bit different uh, from maybe some of the rest of us. But for most people, that's not convenient. And prayer will inconvenience us. It will. The God will shake something up if we're really going to take his burden in prayer. It's going to be inconvenient. And I can look at a few other things. It's going to take some boldness. It's kind of pretty bold to go somebody at midnight, like Sean going to Mark's at midnight and going, hey, Mark, I need some bread. That's bold. Like you don't know how the other neighbors are going to respond. Hey, keep it down. Hey, 
Start quiet. We'll call the police. You know, it's bold. I think God's going, hey, I want you to be bold in what you ask. I want you to be bold and courageous and and full of faith that we can do this. And it's not hype. It's just allowing. Do you know what? I I don't know. Do you find the same when you're praying? I, 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 I kind of kind of observe myself praying sometimes if you know what I mean I don't maybe you don't have this maybe you don't overanalyze it but I can be praying and then suddenly it feels like the Holy Spirit kind of breaks into the prayer time it's it's almost like you hit another gear and I'm going woo! you know it's like the holy and it feels like you're praying in the spirit like, like something breaks. And, and I find in those times that it's like God's going, Steve, just move out of the way. Like, and, and I begin to pray for things, for regions and for nations. And God, can, I'm going, what? You know, but I just think God's going, that's my heart. Steve, will you be bold in what you pray for? Don't reduce me to some small items that might be to do with your family. And the good thing is here, actually, it's an encouragement. Jesus is saying, hey, look, this man's coming for bread. He's coming from a basic need on behalf of somebody else. He's not praying for the city or for the nation. So we can bring some small stuff to God, but we can also bring some big stuff. And we've got to be bold. Have not because we ask not. We have not. Ask of me and I will give you the nations, the Bible says. Ask of me. Oh, okay. How do you ask for a nation? Well, Lord, would you come? Would you move in England? Would you pour out your spirit? Start there. All these things. Okay, I could go on more. But there's a need. There's a kindness. He's going to somebody that he thinks is going to be kind to him. <laughs> and that's what the crowd are thinking. They're li- well, or the disciple, whoever's listening to Jesus' teaching in this context, maybe it's just a They're all going, yeah, I know the end of the story. Sean's gone to Mark's. Mark's a nice guy. He's a friend. He's going to say, yeah, Sean, I'll be down now. Uh-uh. What does it say? Let's go back to the passage. It says this. Then the one inside, verse 7, answers, don't bother me. <laughs> The door is already locked. Well, you can unlock it. And my children are with me in bed. It means a small house. And this is not Mark. This is back in the Bible. Okay, now. Everybody's in one room is what it's saying. And it's probably only one room in the house. And all the animals literally are probably in the house too. And so the guy inside's going, oh, really? Really? For bread? Like, we'll never get everybody back to sleep. Imagine it. Look, the goat's going to wake up. And if the goat wakes up, then we're never going to get back to bed again. It's going to be a mayhem in here. I can't do it. No. That's kind of, I'm, I'm, I know I'm exaggerating, but I'm sure that's what Jesus meant. Don't bother me. The door is locked. And my children in bed with me. I can't give up. Sorry, I can't get up and give you anything. In other words, Sean, shh, clear off. But then it says, it doesn't finish this. This is the key, the crunch verse, okay? I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. You can have three, you can have, in fact, I'm going to give you so much. Just get going, bring the car around, reverse it out. We're going to put all the bread. Hey, the neighbor's going to come just to shut you up. They're going to give you all their bread too. You're going to have enough bread for three weeks. Your friend is going to be stuffed when he eats it all. But no, that's what it's saying here. And that's the crux of it. 
that even when friendship won't cut it, persistence will. And Jesus is saying into that, not that he's like the, when we pray. Okay, we'll come back to this in a minute. He's not saying like that, that God is like some grumpy friend who can't be bothered to get up out of bed. It's the opposite of that. But actually, he admires persistence. The word there is boldness in the NIV, but miraculously, it would be, um, it's, 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 it's persistent. It's actually a really posh word that I don't think I've ever used before. Importunity, which means persistence, requesting, demanding, and keep on going and going and going, almost to the point of annoyance. Okay, well, you got the message down to explain that one to you. Uh, almost to the point of annoyance. Uh, somebody paraphrased it like this it's shameless persistence. Okay, so going back finally to Sean, you know, he's outside Mark's house and he's, he's going, Mark, please, 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 I need some bread. Ding dong. Mark, I need some bread. You get it? Shameless. He's not bothered what the neighbors are saying. Why? Because the need is so great, he doesn't care what other people think. That is Jesus teaching on prayer. That's kind of normal prayer. It's not you know, it's all sat round in a circle in the shampoo position, praying. It is crying out to God, going, God, you've got to do something. You've got to do something. God, it's so good to hear your story about your friend. Wow, because I believe that, because people cried out. Say, God, we don't want to lose him. It's not his time to go. And Lord, we're crying to you. And God shows up, and now he's eating and he's getting better. Praise God for that. Why? Because somebody said, I ain't accepting that report. We're going to believe God for something greater. And we know that sometimes God answers and sometimes he doesn't. But, but, and we have to just leave it with God sometimes. Really, there are no simple answers, are there? But let's not give up persisting and crying out to him. And that really, in a nutshell, is the message. And I think that's what God wants to encourage you today with that is keep on persisting. Make it shameless persistence. And I do want to believe, uh, encourage you today. I really believe that God is fully on board with you, not just to see a great church here in Exeter bringing transformation along with all the other churches to this city, but that God wants to awaken something in Southwest England. He really does. And maybe some of you are on like, I'm fully paid up member of that and I'm praying, but maybe today, maybe I've come as an outsider to say things that Mark can't. And we would say, hey, look, could you join as well? Could you ask God to put this on your heart? Not only that will he do something awesome here, but, but he will do something awesome across the southwest of England. And maybe you're a student, you've come here to catch something and to learn something and to be a part of something amazing while you're here in Exeter studying. Isaiah 62 verse 1 says, For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet till her vindication shines out like the dawn, her salvation like a mighty blazing, I put the mighty in, like a blazing torch. Or to put it in our language, our context, for the southwest of England, I will not keep silent. 
for Exeter's sake, because I'm sure this must be the capital of the Southwest, for Exeter's sake, I will not remain quiet till her vindication shines out like the dawn, her salvation like a blazing torch. In other words, God's, you know, the guy's saying, I'm not going to keep quiet. I'm not going to be satisfied like with a, you know, a full building at the 1130 service. Friends, that is something to be celebrated. And we give you, give thanks for your faithfulness to this house and your commitment here and your giving. But friends, it's, it's bigger than the 1130. It is really, this is bigger than the 9.30 and the 11.30 together, that that, that, that that is so good. But but God wants us to to cry out for this part of the, the nation and say, hey, Lord, we, yeah. we want the South. Could we be like really cheeky and bold? But would you grace us with, with an impact on the Southwest? I know, Lord, it sounds like really scary and big. And maybe for some, they might think you arrogant so-and-so. But actually, it's faith that says, hey, we're going to cry out. And until people start flocking into the kingdom of God, we're going to keep going and we're going to keep praying. And we're going to keep, what is it, shamelessly being persistent. And we're going to be shameless in it. And people might ridicule you and people might criticize you and people might say, hey, dial it back, have smaller expectations. But this is God's heart and he's saying, I want you to ask and I want you to get on board. So can I just encourage you to just keep doing? Why? Because he's, you might say, well, what's happened so far? Well, loads of churches have come together. That's a great start. You know, are we where we want to be? I suspect not, but we're not where we were. <laughs> so be encouraged. And, you know, we believe God wants to do something awesome here. Amen. So just in case you think, well, he's over, overdoing it about persistence in prayer. Well, let's read on verse 9. So like Jesus talked about being like really persistent doorbell knocking. Okay. Then he says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. And you know, because you've been taught this before, but, but the, the tense there is present continuous. It means keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. There's a repetition involved. And Jesus says, if you pray like that, if you keep on doing that, if you keep on ringing the doorbell, if you keep on crying out, then it says this, for everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. It will be opened. Will it be in your lifetime? I don't know. Will it be in mine? I don't know. But why not keep knocking? You know what? In Cardiff, I often felt that we were living off the prayers of a previous generation. I believe that I was seeing come to fruition the prayers that other people have prayed. The people down the years, and it was a great, you know, sorry, it was, it, hopefully it's still quite a good church. No, it is, it is it's an amazing church with so many faithful people that loved it and prayed for the city. And I'm sure that God was answering prayer. Will we see it? I don't know. But let's pray and pray and pray until we see something happen. And you might think, well, that's a bit big for me to take in. I can't take in praying for a Southwest. It's like, I feel like I'm a beginner. I feel like I've got the L plates on. Well, you know, in your context, why don't you keep praying for what you're praying for right now? Maybe it is for a closer walk with Jesus. I don't know what it is you're praying for. Maybe you're praying for a family member to find this Jesus that you found. But no matter how often you talk to them or maybe your college friends or your friends at work, you know, they just don't seem to get it. 
but don't give up. <laughs> don't give up. Let me tell you a secret. Sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. And you might go, my, it was quite adequate before. Now it's got worse. And I kept praying. Well, keep praying because there is a battle that's raging. There's a spiritual battle that's raging. So don't give up. Be realistic. And sometimes you might have to ask other people to come and pray with you to keep you going, to get encouragement from them. There's great strength in corporately praying for things. But keep going. Maybe you're praying for your own physical healing or for somebody you love. And, and, and it's like, like God's, is God gone deaf? Is he not answering? I want to say he just wants, you know, just keep going. Just keep praying, keep praying, keep believing, keep declaring the word of God over that situation. Maybe some other context, your business, your finances. Friends, it's a simple message, but don't give up. Maybe today there's some prayers that you've just let go because you just got so discouraged. You don't pray them anymore. I want to encourage you today. Maybe God's even now, right now, I'm praying that he's going to start to point those things out. And you're going to go, okay, I'm going to pick that one up again because I haven't given up. I feel that God's sowed fresh hope in me today and I'm going to keep praying and I'm coming after that answer to prayer. I'm going to not going to give myself any rest until I see that change happen because I believe it's what God wants to see in my life. And let's just finish with the last few verses just to round it up. So this is Jesus teaching 101 on prayer. It's like the basic entry module to prayer, Lord's Prayer, and then keep going. <laughs> Don't give up. Be persistent. Be shamelessly, what was it? Shamelessly persistent in prayer. So then he says this. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Answer, well, nobody. Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Answer, nobody. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. So he's saying not you're evil, but we're sinful people. We're imperfect people. That's what he's saying. He's not like you're, you're super evil. But he's saying just because we're, we're fallen humanity, we're imperfect fathers and mothers, we get it wrong. But even if we can kind of work out how to give good things to our kids, then it says this, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Why the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. The Holy Spirit is the one that ushers in God's kingdom. He helps us. He's our comforter. He's our friend. Uh, and, and, and so what he's saying here is, hey, if a, if a grumpy friend will give bread to a friend, not because he's a friend, but because he's a persistent, how much more will a loving, generous, awesome, powerful, heavenly Father who loves you so much that he sent his son to die on a cross to you, how much more is he going to give you what you ask? Amen? Amen. You get the picture? Amen. You're not coming to a grumpy God. See, some of you right now, you've got, a, you've got a wrong view of God, and that's pretty unhelpful when you come for prayer. You think, well, he's not, number one, he's not interested, he's interested. He cares about you and he loves you. I found in church that people would say, Steve, um, could you pray about this situation? And I go, yeah, of course I will. But it was almost like they thought, hey, I, I had a like, a like a secret number to God. Like if I prayed because I got a pastor title in the beginning of my name, that somehow, I, you know, God would hear me. Uh, friends, that's not the case. 
that we all are kids, we're all his children. He loves us and we can come. So we need to deal with some of these hindrances. This is a God in, and our, our own earthly father may not have been perfect and that might hinder us, but, but, but God is a wonderful father and he, he really is love, loving and generous and kind and, and he, 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 there's nothing better than speaking to his kids. He loves it. And that's the kind of God we're coming to. We're coming to him with our prayers. We don't have to grab his attention. We don't have to go, can I book an appointment with you, God? Like, and he's going, yeah, 2024. Yeah. He's going, right, yeah, right now, do you want to talk? And even when I finish talking, I think he still wants to talk. And it's okay just to listen. God, would you, would you speak to me? So I hope today that maybe I've helped you, encouraged you from God's word. And it's not me, is it? Would you let the word of God encourage you? to talk to Jesus, to talk to the Father, because he loves you. He really loves you. He really loves you. You might think, well, I don't know. He doesn't seem to answer my prayers. Well, let me tell you, Rick Warren says this. He's an American pastor. He says this, God answers prayer in four different ways. Sometimes he says no. No point keeping persistent when he said no. He didn't change his mind, okay? Number two, he might say go. In other words, yeah, do it. Let's do it. Other times he says slow, slow down. It's not the right time. There's a timing in God, and we often run ahead of God. We want it now. We want it tomorrow. We want it like yesterday, and we live in that age. But, but sometimes he says slow because I'm working in you. It's not the right time, Steve, if I gave it to you now. It's just not the right time. And sometimes he just says, grow, grow up. Grow up in the inside. He's, one, he's more interested in, in our character and what he's doing inside of us. Sometimes we need to grow to be able to handle, have the capacity to handle what he's going to give us. You know, he, he's not going to entrust us with some of these things because if he did, we wouldn't be able to look after it. We wouldn't be able to handle it. We wouldn't be, if he gave us revival in South Wales, uh, South Wales and the Southwest, uh, you know, I wonder whether we could handle it. So maybe at times he's just allowing us to get ready, get the structures ready somehow. So when all these precious people come to Christ, we, we can do something with them because he's a, he doesn't want any of them to be hindered or to be lost. So sometimes it's about growing on the inside that as we pray, we grow. As we pray, God changes us as well as the circumstances in us and through us. So I wonder whether we could stand, maybe the worship team, can come. I'm going to invite you right now to pray. Can we do that? Uh, well, yeah, let's do it anyway. I made the decision on your behalf. We're going to pray. Uh, and I, I, I just, because we need to talk to Jesus. And maybe right now there's some stuff you need to talk to Jesus about. And the band are going to give us a little bit of, you know, uh, take the chill off the silence so that we can begin to begin to pray out. And I wonder whether you pick up whatever God's putting on your heart right now. Maybe it's a prayer that you haven't prayed for a while and you're going to go, yeah, I'm going to pick that one up. I'm going to pray for that family member. I'm going to pray for that health issue. I'm going to pray for my college, my university, my school, my business, for this city, for this region, whatever it is. Maybe there's a nation on your heart, maybe the nation that you came from and, and, and God just wants to give you a burden to do that right now. I don't know. It might be a small thing. It might be, God, I just need enough money to be able to buy some food 
you know, to put on the table, that might be where you're at. It might be, and that's important to God. Or it might be something else. It might be for somebody else. But right now, I wonder whether as an outworking of this message that we just speak to him. I wonder whether you want to just speak that out. And we're all speaking out, so we're not listening to what you're speaking to God about. It's a private conversation between you and God. But right now, we're going to, we're going to speak it out. We're going to ask. We're going to ask. We're going to ask. And come to our Father. We're going to ask. We're going to ask. Thank you that we can approach you, God. Right now, we thank you that you're attentive to the prayers that are prayed in this place. That you see every heart. You know every need. Lord, your heart breaks for the things that break our heart because we are the apple of your eye. And so, Lord, right now, we, we, we just pour out our hearts to you. We pour out our heart to you. Thank you that you hear us right now. Thank you. Let that prayer begin to rise from your heart. Let faith begin to fan it. Let it build within your heart right now. We don't have to pray out loud. We can if we want. We can pray quite quietly. But let's try and vocalize it in some ways because there's power in that. So come, Lord. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Allow the Holy Spirit to pray through you right now. Maybe let him decide what you're praying. Let something come into your mind and heart right now that he's directing them. Pray that. Pray that. Yeah, praise you. I'm going to switch my mic off and join you in the praying. And then in a moment, Des or Mark will begin to bring things together into land, but let's just allow those, let's just talk to Jesus.